for tuning in and welcome to the 100% Hustle podcast that shines a light on business hustlers who are willing to give their advice for business wins and lessons learned on the Michigan Business Network. I'm your host, Vicki Hamilton, and I have Dina Vadalero-Pride, founder and owner of Local Soup, as my guest today. Welcome to the 100% Hustle podcast, Dina. Thank you, Vicki. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Now, in full disclosure, I have personally known Dina for a number of years, and I know just how much this woman can hustle. She is an amazing planner, compulsive list maker, and can hyper-focus on details, which is why I know she can make so many amazing things happen. Today, we're going to focus on her new startup, her side hustle, Local Soup. Dina, tell us more about Local Soup, please. Well, Local Soup is a farm to ladle small business startup. And it really consists of seasonal, clean, fresh vegetables that are sourced locally and made locally in the metro Detroit area. Dina, you've had a long career in corporate world and nonprofit world. And here you are launching a new startup, a soup company. Why now? What inspired you to launch this now? You know, honestly, in my late 50s, I came up with this concept and sort of inspired during COVID. I was out shopping, masked up, and I see all these women-owned, Michigan-made signs around products. And I thought, women-owned, Michigan-made. Gee, I wonder how they did that. And I went back and I researched and I thought, it's never too late to start your own business. And I want to be my own boss. So why now? I'm kind of in chapter four now of my career, and I should be looking at retiring, but instead I want to spend the next 10 years building this brand. That's amazing. So a new beginning at the end of kind of a more formal career, you're starting your own thing. So you did research. Can you tell me more about the resources that you tapped into or that you discovered during your research and how do they support this type of startup? Yeah, it's really fascinating. I kind of sat down and thought, okay, where can I tap in? And I discovered that Eastern Market in Detroit runs something called Detroit Kitchen Connect. And they have a food entrepreneur workshop. It was a four-hour workshop. It was on Zoom during COVID. And uh, there were all these interesting people sitting there wanting to start their own business. And the panelists were all experts in their field. And they provided all sorts of resources, a taste consultant, the food safety course leaders, the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development, MDARD, which is the licensing entity, and just people that could steer you in the right direction. So people ask questions. And after four hours, I had a list of where to go next. What a wonderful resource. And thank you for sharing that. I know that a lot of people who are looking at starting their own businesses often look to what type of certifications are required or sometimes even fill themselves with self-doubt saying, well, I never took any training in this, but this is a thing I want to do. So you researched and you found this resource. Did you have to have specific certifications? Is that something that you learned? And how long does it take to do something like that to become, a, I guess, a commercial producer of soup? Yeah, and there are various licensing and different requirements. Mine is a limited wholesale license through MDARD, and one of the requirements is a food safety course. You'll be very glad to know that the food safety course is required for people that have food trucks and restaurants and stuff on the shelves and Myers, for example. The food safety course consisted of a nine-hour class with an hour and a half test at the end 
And I studied like a college girl for that for a month. And I passed the test. And the test is fascinating. I mean, you need to know about how to heat up and cool down food and how to keep things sterilized. And then you get inspected by the state of Michigan under those things. So it was very valuable. Yeah. And of course, that is something that not only would you want to do, but your customers would want to know that you are doing things safely, following the right protocols, because it's so dangerous when you're creating food and putting it into the marketplace for people to consume, because the last thing you want for a new startup is to knock people out with some sort of food-related illness or something, right? And so... As you mentioned, there are food trucks, there are sort of many different outputs for food to the consumers. So, well, how do you get your food out to consumers? Well, my product is currently at the Meyer. Myers has a format store. They call it the format store. So there's the Capital City Market in Lansing. There's the Rivertown Market on Jefferson and Detroit and Woodward Corners in Royal Oak, Michigan. And mine is actually on the shelves now there and I deliver it and stock it on the shelves myself. And so that's where it is. I've been doing pop-ups at breweries that don't have food and art fairs. And I'm starting tomorrow at the Farmington downtown farmers market on Saturdays, which is a really well attended farmers market. And I'll be there with two varieties of seasonal soup. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. lot of pressure on you because soup is perishable. So what's the shelf life and how quickly do you have to turn inventory? What does that look like? You know, it's interesting that you ask that question because the shelf life actually gets determined by a laboratory. So a sample gets brought to a laboratory and they evaluate it. They evaluate it and test it for mold over a period of weeks. And mine has a two-week shelf life. And so what that looks like is before I put the soup in the container, I put a little sticker on the bottom that says use by, use by May 11th is currently sitting on the shelves right now. And so I will leave it there till probably the day before and then go in. And if there's any in there still on the shelves, which hopefully there isn't, I will replace it out. But there has been a lot of overage, extra soups and starting out, going to a pop-up, not knowing how much you're going to sell. So wanting to be kind of over-prepared. So let me tell you, all my friends and family have eaten a lot of my soup. (laughs) (laughs) And enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, That is fascinating. And what it says, too, is that you didn't get stuck in the pattern that many folks who are trying to launch new businesses get stuck in is this idea of having perfection and knowing and trusting the system. Like you are just having faith to say, I am going to 
cook this much soup and I am going to get it on the shelves. And now you're learning that you've got this two week window. So maybe that's your production cycle. I don't know. But if you have something and you know, May 11th is the date that it's got to come off the shelves, then you're already planning what your next batch is, I'm assuming. And now you've got all these other outlets like the brew pubs or the markets. And so That is something that I'm just kind of putting a little bit of focus on in this conversation because it's part of the operational delivery of your business that you had really no idea how that was going to work until you did it. And so good for you for having the courage to just say, this is what I want to do. I'm going to learn while I'm doing it. And so be it. And you're on pretty much the largest supermarket shelf as a test trial right now. And I'm hoping to see you throughout Myers Network. Is that the vision? Are we going to see local soup not so local? Are we going to see it national, global? Well, I'd like to start with statewide. I'd love to be in all the Meyer format stores, and that is something that Myers is really going for. I'm also hoping to be in another couple of local grocery stores that have soup bars where I sell the soup in bulk and people come in and buy it warm. That's really the ideal goal. So I'm not doing all the packaging. It's interesting that to get on the shelves, a person has to cook out of a commercial kitchen. So I just like to bring that piece up. The commercial kitchen requires insurance. Having it in the store requires insurance and LLC inspection by the state and all of these things. So my license actually is from the state of Michigan, and that is required to be at the farmer's market and to do these pop-ups. So and there are a lot of formal steps that have to happen. The commercial kitchen, in order to plan for the May 11th replacement and the farmer's market tomorrow, I'm cooking in the commercial kitchen, scheduling that online, paying by the hour. I have like a cage shelf in the actual building where my cans are currently stored. And that's cans of beans because all my vegetables are fresh, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) So things like that, uh, some formalities. That's a wonderful resource to have these commercial kitchens that you could rent because the idea of having to create your own commercial kitchen would be financially prohibited, right? Because it would be so expensive to start up. So this is another resource that's available for someone who wants to move into a market like this is there are resources that can support and leverage new businesses without that huge capital investment to start. Dina, you mentioned about the licensing and everything else. Was that something that you learned in your first four-hour course or the second nine-hour course? Is that something that came up and you already knew? Or did you learn that as you were approaching these marketplaces or the Myers to get your stuff on their shelves? I learned it in the four-hour course. So as a result of the course, I created this list. So federal tax ID number, LLC, insurance, inspection by the state, which you couldn't have the inspection by the state until you actually got into a commercial kitchen. So each step required several steps before it. So I did learn that in the four-hour course. And I was surprised at how long it kind of took in between steps, but I really learned, you know, to persist and be patient. So sure. A lot of milestones to achieve. Exactly. Did you have trouble getting insurance? A lot of new startups struggle with getting insurance because they have to show a history of their financials or demonstrate a history of what their risk exposure is. How did it work for you? No, that wasn't a difficult piece. I think if and when I go and 
attempt to get a business loan, that might be a challenge. But I do have a business plan, which is another step in the process. But the insurance wasn't. It was, you know, the commercial kitchen required a million dollars worth of coverage. And then this Farmington Farmers Market wants the city to be named as an additional insured kind of thing. So that wasn't challenging. It just was just basic paperwork. And it's not very expensive either. That's a great insight because I've come up against a lot of different sectors that struggle to get insurance, which is a really interesting thing. And you don't want to have something new uninsured. So again, I would expect nothing more from you than to be completely covered. So thank you for sharing that. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Dina, you've always been such a natural networker, and I feel that as we're talking about resources, can you tell me whether or not your natural network helped you to leverage this growing success of Local Soup? Yes, my natural networking kind of really consists of tapping into subject matter experts, kind of finding the right person in town to ask what in all my jobs. And also just really kind of complimenting people and by saying, hey, could we sit down and have coffee and I can pick your brain about how to do this or how to do that? And I find that people are incredibly receptive to that, very open and excited to share, you know, and just walking in that brewery and finding the owner and saying, hey, can I pop up here? Can I pop up with my soup? And here's a sample for you. And here's a branded Mm -hmm. little bag. And stuff like that. So I've kind of pulled from all my life experience in marketing and networking and sales to make local soup successful. That's wonderful. The idea of walking into the local breweries with all of your branding is something that is super beneficial because if you were just standing in the corner with soup and a ladle and some bowls, like people might not get it, right? And so you've paid attention to what that branding and the messaging needs to look like, which again, someone coming after you in a business similar to this might be paying attention to their recipe and not their marketing. And so kudos to you. And also the idea of asking people for help, you know, I think if we just look at that from a different angle, that that is really affirming their expertise and you're recognizing them and seeking for them to share that. That is, as you said, a compliment when asking. So if we say anything to our listeners is don't be afraid to ask someone for help because really what you're doing is telling them that you see them as an expert in the field, which of course is why you're speaking to me today here, Dina, because you're a hustler and I recognize that and want others to see that awesomeness. So I know you're very entrepreneurial and we've been talking about that a lot during this podcast. Are there any big lessons that you've learned during this process that you could share with our listeners who you know might be thinking that they might want to try something like this themselves? Well, several lessons. One is there are people that are out there that can help you with your recipe. This is kind of a basic thing. But when I had my recipe and I'm like, mm, this is good, but how do I make nine gallons of it? There's a 
woman out there whose business is to scale up recipes, taste your recipe, figure out what's missing, acid, salt, you know, sweetness. So that's there. You don't have to figure all that math out. There are people that will help. The other thing is each one of these steps takes a while and you can't give up. You have to be patient and you have to persist and just plod through it with a list and keep track of who you've talked to and just continue on because eventually it will happen. It took me about a year and a half to actually get into that Meyer store. It was a long road and it still is because I'm still trying to get in more stores, but it's patience and persistence. Don't give up and be confident in yourself. That's some great advice. Patience, persistence, confidence. And a year and a half might seem long, but to others, that might seem really quick because they may have been trying for five or 10 years, you know, and just never being able to get in. So kudos to you for that. Dina, where can people go to learn more or even buy local soup? Well, local soup will be at the Farmington Farmers Market in downtown Farmington, Michigan, on Saturdays from 9 to 2 in May and June, and then again in the fall, September, October, and part of November. It's also at Woodward Corners near the Beaumont Hospital on Woodward and 13 Mile in Royal Oak. I have a website. Guess what? Localsoup.com. And Local Soup is on Instagram at local underscore soup and on Facebook. So if you follow me, you'll learn where we're expanding to as it happens. Thank you, Dina. We'll make sure to get all of those contact details onto the link that will be posted on the Michigan Business Network with this podcast. We're out of time, but of course, we're not out of hustle. Dina, thank you for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for tuning in to 100% Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Hamilton on the Michigan Business Network. (laughs) 